Praise God. Give your neighbor a high five. Love on them. Hug them. Tell them it's good. It's good to see you. Let's take our seats. If you want to say hello to someone that you haven't seen, praise God. Praise God. I see a few familiar faces, but I see a lot of new faces as well. I want to welcome you. This is Panim City, the house of glory. Amen. 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 Zara, I see you. Praise God. Caitlin, Christ of Nazareth. I haven't seen this girl since I bumped into you on the high street, right? Hallelujah. That's good. She was with us in Art 360 many moons ago. Um, I need you all to pay attention. It, it feels like this series, Compromise Systems, has really, um, has really defeated this church. <laughs> it, it's, it's absolutely finished us. And whenever I get excited about part three, I, I, just, I just can't get into it. Every time I get into it, there's a necessity for prayer before you, we actually understand what part three is about. So we dealt with bitterness in part one. Then in the end of part two, we dealt with momentum and bitterness in part one. We dealt with emotional intelligence in part one. And then in the end of part two, we're dealing with the destiny and how whatever controls your mind actually controls your future. Um, and I want to speak very briefly, but... Today, God has given me a specific instruction. Those who know my preaching pattern, you'll be very surprised as to the way God dealt with me last night. Um, came from administration preaching yesterday. Um, and I got home, sat down, and started, started literally going through the word again. Um, and God began to dissect and do certain things to me that I didn't like at all. But how many of us know that if we truly want to grow, we can't be comfortable? And that includes me, hallelujah. So I welcome you all. Um, one thing I will say to the church is get used to this level of intensity. Get used to it. Get used to this level of intensity. It is going to be paramount for all of us to remain and dwell in this place that God has actually brought us. What we don't want to do and like I spoke about when we dealt with the theme of momentum in the first part of Compromise Systems, is what we don't want to do is start motion, gain momentum, and because of specific things, we now find ourselves starting back up again. That because of specific decisions and specific actions that we make, we find ourselves and our whole systems being compromised and now we have to begin again. But who's with me in this room that we can't go back? <laughs> we can't be like Lot's wife and turn back again. I've seen the potential of what God wants to do in my life. Therefore, what's there for me? I can't look back. I can't look back. And I need you all to really embed yourself um, in what God is doing concerning your life, this is not just about just the church alone, but this is also about what happens with God in intimacy. Begin to engage with God and engage with questions. One of the things that I love about 
conversation with God is that he absolutely loved questions. Because it's in the questioning is where he begins to speak and give men strategies, give men utterances and things that will enable them to begin to walk in his purpose for their lives. Point two, one of the things I want to share with you all is as we reach this season, the Lord wants me to emphasize the power of strength in unity. Everyone say unity. Unity. First Corinthians 1.10, the Bible says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree. Everyone say agree. agree. Everyone say agree. agree. That there may be no divisions among you, that you may be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. Philippians 2 verse 2, the Bible says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. It's not enough for you to gain control of your mind that then begins to regulate the journey to your destiny. But as you begin to take control and subdue whatever tries to take your mind, God then gives us a next instruction. And the instruction is, now begin to connect your mind to the mind of your neighbor. Because for you to see, and one of the things that God has really been dealing with me about in regards to the church specifically, in the UK right now, we're in a very, very intense period. Very intense period. Um, but I'm seeing specific remits and specific remnants, specific parts of the church fighting so that they may be known as the people who ignited this. But God isn't concerned about individual wins. Gone are the days where we speak of revival and only mention Smith Wigglesworth. Gone are the days where we speak of revival and only mention a man. God forbid that when we talk about what God did in Panim City, you only mention a pastor knee. God forbid because it is not me. We all, listen, all of you sitting here actually give me destiny. Are you, are you listening to me? By you coming to church, you're actually enabling me to live in destiny. And by me doing and living in accordance to what God has called me to do, that's enabling you and giving you language to live your destiny. And then you will meet others who are now waiting on your yes to begin to start their own journey of destiny. And one of the things that I believe God wants to do specifically in this time is that he wants to get rid of selfish agendas within the church. Where we must now all come to a space where we are engaging with destiny together. So God begins to tell Panim City ensure that there is no divisions among you. I love this, Adana, because we've been speaking a bit about the fact that we have to be proactive and not reactive. So when God begins to tell me this, I know, I know you all love each other. I know when you smile, you genuinely mean it, right? Oh, you guys don't mean it? Yeah, you genuinely mean it. So I know there's no divisions among you. 
So if God has given us this word, he has given us a glimpse into what the future could hold for the church. And he's saying, look, whatever comes, make sure that there is no division among you. Make sure that nothing, if anybody, and listen to me very clearly, that if anybody becomes compromised, make sure that you don't use it against them. Hear me and hear me very clearly. I heard something yesterday that really, really, really blessed me. That Christians will journey with a person, see the person fail, and actually embed more punishment upon them. Embed more punishment upon them rather than love them. Care for them. The Bible literally says that we have to be careful because you have to remember that what you do, you don't remember that you were once in that position. You were once in a place of darkness. So humble yourself. Humble yourself. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. The same way that you would expect grace in your time of need. God expects you to offer that grace to your neighbor in their time of need. Are you following me? So it's important for you all and for us to understand the importance of unity. Yesterday... As I began to sit down, when God said this to me, I asked him questions. I said, why are you saying this? This isn't Panim City currently. What's coming? Oh, oh, let's clap for AD. I'm asking God questions. AD is answering for me. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm asking God, what's coming? AD says the fast. Hallelujah. I hope you're ready for the fast, though. <laughs> oh, God. If my face doesn't shine. By <laughs> if by the 21st day, oh, God, angels, ah, manna will pour from heaven. I began to ask God, why are you saying these things? And God showed me something that was scary. Um, And what I saw was, there were a few things I saw. There was one of them, I told Pastor Jen. I said, I'm scared to even share this. I can't lie to you. Uh, Because, anyway, we'll get there. But I I saw a piece of paper. And in the piece of paper, there were plans. Different plans, different strategies. Um, And the focus in the middle was Panem City Church. And when I asked God what was happening, he began to tell me, and this is not to scare anyone because it's just good that God reveals these things, right? And he began to tell me about the orchestrations and the plans of the enemy because the enemy in the gates of hell is very, very grieved with this house. That by reason of a Mary, by reason of an Erin, by reason of a Michaela, by reason of Yolanda, journeying and taking a walk with God very, very seriously, the enemy is grieved. And understand, I always say this, salvation is warfare. You can't live for the enemy and just say, Jesus, I love you, and he just stands there and he says, oh yeah, please, thank you. Your time with me is done. No, he's going to come. And terrorize you. 
He's going to do everything. So when the Bible says that every weapon fashioned against me shall not prosper, it's not just talking about when you're an unbeliever. That even as a believer, there are going to be things, there are going to be schemes of men, of the enemy, that's going to come and to try and drag you back into wants or into what you were delivered from. So the Bible says in the book of John, it says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the Bible says that I have come, Christ has come, that they may have what? Life. And have it to the full. Not have it to the almost. Not have it to the half. But you have life to the full. You receive the fullness of God on the inside of you. So though I saw the plan, I began to praise. Because the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, what does God do? Raises up a standard. Oh God. I need you to follow me. Understand, last week I was telling you, trials and tribulations only give you an indication of you to take things more seriously. If there are trials in your life right now, it literally means that you need to emerge yourself or you need to submerge yourself. You need to get yourself into a place where you receive greater strength from your tomorrow in order to deal with the trials today. That when I receive any form of experience that's beyond my strength, God is literally saying, get more strength. Rally yourself up. Rid yourself for a few things. And this is why fasting is critical. Because in the hour of need, you forsake everything and you say, God, this is me and you. By prayer, I receive strength to be able to fight today. Everyone say fight today. So God is doing something incredible within this house. And one of the things that God has been expanding to us has been the power of the liberated mind. Meaning that if you win the war for your mind, Rhoda, you've won the war for your destiny. And even over the last few days, God has been really, 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 really exciting me. Because when we talk destiny, we're not just talking about the four walls of the church. I'm talking about you and your life, right? And one of the things that God has really blessed me with, he said that, Nee, in order for you to dominate externally and in the world, you have to dominate internally. That the first building up that God has given men is themselves. Win the war for your life. And you begin, with that strength, go out and begin to win the war for the lives of others. But we can't go out and speak of a God that we don't know. We can't go out and speak of a God that we haven't encountered. We can't go out and speak of a God that we have no idea about. So as an individual, God is calling you to press in that much deeper because there is so much more about your life, Joshua, than you even know about. There is so much more about your destiny, Toby, than you know about. So it's time for you to arise and eat because if you do not eat on the journey to destiny, you will grow weary and lose strength. 
to keep going. So gain control over the movement of your destiny. Everyone say destiny. destiny. So begin to protect one another. I want us to go to 1 Samuel verse 1. 1 Samuel verse 1. We're going to read about the story of Hannah and the birthing of a baby called Samuel. Very briefly, and then we're going to get into a place of prayer. The Bible says, are you all here? Ah, are you all here? Yes, sir. Perfect. There was a certain man of RZ, hallelujah, of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth, oh God, an Ephratite. Hallelujah. Amen. I've done well, isn't it? Yes, Thank you. He had two wives. <laughs> The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Now, this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. You know that name reminds me of, um, um, no, just, not just Phinehas. You know Michael Dapper? Um, what he calls his friend, Asni, and I read this, I started laughing, I was thinking, what, is this Asni? Um, now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas were, yep, priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Penina, or Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, note this. Penina had daughters and sons. Pocket that. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. So we have one problem anyway. Let's deal with the societal problem, right? Donnie has two wives. So let's deal with that, please. Don't get shocked. He has two wives. One of them has babies, sons and daughters. The other one is barren. Yeah? Cool. Cool. Her rival used to provoke her grievously, to irritate her, because her Lord had closed her womb. Let's go. So it went on year by year, and as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore, Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? This is the bit that really, really, really is petrifying. He says, am I not more to you than ten sons? That there are people who are comfortable around you when you're in a position of lack. That there are people only will journey with you when you are at a deficit. That because they have received whatever they've... He's already got sons and daughters. So he's not applying pressure because he's being selfish. You have to be careful about associations and people who subtract without adding on to you. That their inclusion in your life is really, really for their own self-gain. So they rejoice in your pity. They rejoice in your sadness. They are content because... 
God forbid Hannah gives birth because all her attention will go into what she has birthed and not on him. So Elkanah is a selfish man. This is her husband. Verse 9. After they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a seat beside the doorstep, doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all of the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things, and I'll expand on this as we go forward. In the fast, by the way, um, let me say this now, just so when we say it's going to be intense, I mean it's going to be very intense. Um, we're not saying that for a joke. It means let's just put our lives to the side, if we can, for 21 days. That's it. Is that okay? Yes, sir. Yeah? There's not... We've, we told you about the, the Sunday, the Wednesday, and the Friday. But there are also going to be midweek teachings. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 21 days, that's all it is. Hmm? 21 days, that's all it is. Um, so let's say 21 days. 21 days. Impossible. 21 days. 21 days. Hallelujah. Elkanah is, is, is a sad it's a sad story in itself. But Penina is even worse. One of the things that I need you all to understand as we journey towards destiny is the subject of pace and the subject of timing. We're all accelerating, but there are people who are accelerating in gear six. There are people who are accelerating in gear one. There are people who are accelerating in gear three, but we are all accelerating. Now, what you need to understand is that don't be a panina in the next season. That because you have gotten yours, you will now use it against your neighbor. I need you to understand this because afflictions and, and disagreements doesn't come from anything. Sometimes... Pastor Jen, we bring jealousy into people's lives. Because when we have received something, we use it against them. So now because you have grown and now the leadership have said you're now a leader, now you go to the person that you used to have lunch with and say, you, 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 do this for me. That because you've now grown and you've matured, you're now brought into a position where you now think you're greater than and what do you think the outcome is going to be? Oftentimes it is jealousy. Because the person is going to think, wasn't I just journeying with you? What is it about this person that's so special that I'm not getting? But the thing is, when we're mature, we begin to understand the mystery of pace and acceleration. That though we may start together, we may not reach the goal together. But the thing is, he that endures to the end shall be saved. The Bible says this very, very clearly. I've had people who have journeyed with me reach the goal quicker than me. 
Just because you get there quicker doesn't mean that you will last longer than me. That though I'm slow, I will still get there. But I'm telling you, discipline keeps me there. Character keeps me there. Don't begin to reflect your identity based on the pace that God gives you. You have to be very wary. And I told you this about momentum. Be very cautious about momentum being built in an increased capacity. Why? Because momentum can be killed by one action. And I gave the example. Toby's here. I told him, since I haven't gone to the gym for about four months, it, it was one day, one day turned into three days, three days turned into one week, one week turned into one month, one month has turned into four. But we're going back. Amen? amen. Oh, amen. amen. <laughs> we're going back. But don't be like Panina in the next seasons. Because you celebrate what God has done, and if God has taken you there, Deborah, you look at your neighbor, and through love, you say, let's journey together. Let me show you what God has shown me. Let me take you through some of the things that God has taken me. There are some of the experiences and some of the bad things that we go through, and we go through them quicker simply because our neighbor shouldn't go through them. Are you following me? That there are things that we will go through that by reason of the mistakes that I have done, I give certain instructions. And some of you may not understand it. But that's because I don't want you to go through half of the things that we went through. That's what we fail to understand about our parents. My mom, my dad will give instructions sometimes and we think, what do they know? But the thing is, they've lived. <laughs> and they have seen certain things. They see certain patterns. They've seen certain patterns because a lot of the times, and this is what's mad about it, is that when they see us living, sometimes they look at themselves because we look like them when we were young, when they were younger. Because a lot of the times we replicate the patterns of our parents. So they know that that which you are doing is going to lead you to there. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. So when you begin to see fruitfulness in your life, don't be like Penino. Don't use how God has blessed you to diminish others. Make a decision today that there can be no bad seeds in my character, Erin. None. Nothing at all. Destiny is too great for there to be holes within my government. That you are filled up with water and you are like a balloon. Walking and you think, you think there's water, but you don't understand that there is a compromise. And the water is just dripping. And by the time you get to your destination, you realize that there is nothing there. And it's sad because some of us are living like that. Because we're operating because we think and we believe that there is something there. But we don't realize that our systems have already been compromised. So the word of the Lord is stay disciplined. Really, really stay disciplined in this season. For the Bible says in Habakkuk 2 verse 3, the vision waits for an appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. That deals with the mystery of time and acceleration. That just because we say this, and we've heard this all the time, delay doesn't mean denial. God is going to turn your mess into a message. Hallelujah. Oof, I felt that in my womb. 
And that's because if certain things take longer, it doesn't mean God has forgotten about you. It doesn't. There was a prophetic word that Adana gave many years ago. And she gave a prophetic word to, I think it was your brother. And I love it so much because she spoke of a, like a catapult. And she said, it feels like God is, it feels like life is just pulling you back. Pulling you back. And there are things that are happening in your life that just feels like you're being, everyone's growing quicker than you. Everyone's flying quicker than you. But you're just being pulled back. You're just being pulled back. But what you don't realize is that when God releases you, you're going to accelerate quicker than everybody else. Oh, I felt that for someone in this room. That as you begin to see things, God is actually taking you process. And when you do not complain, understand in the scriptures that the people of Israel, an 11-day journey, hallelujah, speak, Lord. Yes, hallelujah. So you know when we said speak, Lord, it stopped. Okay, but it's not spiritual. Alex dealt with it. Let's clap for Alex. (laughs) So we're pulled back. But the opportune time, God is going to release us and we're going to go quicker than Panina. So be very, very weary. Next and please follow me. One of the things that has blessed me in this season is seeing pain as a midwife. And it really blessed me. I heard this and it really, really blessed me. That you have to recognize the role of pain within your life. You have to recognize this. That you have to allow pain to be your tutor. The Bible says in Romans 8, and I was talking to Chimna earlier on. But the Bible says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. So when I see pain in my life, it's an indication that there's something here. There's purpose on the inside of me. And woe be the pregnant woman who feels pain and doesn't push. (laughs) Woe be you who feels pain and you feel things are happening within your life and so many things within your life are trying to get your attention, trying to get your attention and you lose focus and you start to complain but God is saying, push. Begin to push. Because pain is an indication that you need to push even more. It's an indication that delivery is soon. So when it gets to the opportune time, push. It's going to be painful. Push. Push. Because what's coming out must be birthed through pain. So we understand the role of pain for us right now is that when we receive pain, we don't hide Because some of us, we like to run whenever we go through trials and tribulations. For some of us, we like to depart away from church. And our excuse is, sorry, I was going through stuff. We rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. It's important for you all to understand the importance of community. That as you are in that position of pain, your neighbor becomes your midwife. That as you begin to push... You have an effort 
That's there. You can do it. Push. You have AB. You can do it. Push. You have FB. You can do it. Push. You have Esther. You have Grace. You have all these people that give you reasons to live. Reasons to survive. Reasons to keep going. I tell you, you have all saved me from so much. I don't think you all understand. There are things that I haven't spoken about. There are things that I am to speak about that I don't have language to even say because if I say it, I'll probably break down. There are things that I will take to my grave. But by reason of seeing you all, it gives me strength to keep going. So by seeing you all and, and we're talking, when I hear your voice, Rhoda, I just hear push, Pastor Nee. <laughs> I hear push. You have to be conditioned by the pain of destiny. Be conditioned by it. Be regulated by it. Because when I know I'm on a pathway to destiny, if I know I'm on a pathway to destiny, I know it's going to come with pain. So when I introduce myself to pain, I begin to engage with it. It doesn't become my enemy. Hold my hand. Be my friend. We're going to war together. Because <laughs> something must birth on the inside of me. Yeah. That goes beyond what all eyes have seen or ears have heard. Yeah. Sit and let pain teach you. Let pain teach you. Because a lot of the times when we go through these things, it's literally telling us Neglect certain things, step into new beginnings. Step into new beginnings. You don't know yourself yet. God wants to introduce you to you. <laughs> You're busy trying to introduce yourself to people, but you don't even know you yet. And I'm about to round off because I know time is running. But there was a vision I had yesterday. I was in service yesterday. And please, what I'm about to say, what I'm about to say, it's not an instruction. It's not. I'm just sharing what I saw. Is that okay? Please take it. There are some that's going to take it and run with it. There are some that's going to take it and just say, you know what? That's good. I've learned from that. I'm going to regulate my life a little bit, but... It doesn't really truly apply to me fully. This is not an instruction. Because I really had to contend with God to share this. Because I didn't. Because I didn't want a personal conviction, a recent conviction of mine, to now be an instruction to the church. Does that make sense? So please, again, I say, take this with discretion. Take it with discernment. Know the season you're in and walk accordingly. Yeah? Last night I was in a service and I began to pray in the room. And as I began to pray, I lifted up a sound. But the sound was very, very, very peculiar. I've never made that sound before. I think if the, if the, if the singers were around me, you would have been shocked. It's the highest I've ever, ever sang. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what you people call it, octave or, I don't know what you people call it. But there was, it was weird. And I just literally, I held it for so long and immediately when it stopped, I literally said, God, what is this? And 
I was reminded about a story, a very, uh, a, a very cute cartoon story. Who remembers the Pied Piper? Yeah, you remember that story, right? What happens in that story? He's playing her. And what happens? Okay. Now, what God was beginning to show me, okay, for those who don't know in this room, the Pied Piper story is a man who literally plays the pipe. The piper or the pipe? He's the piper who plays the pipe. Hallelujah. We're getting there. I'm from Ghana, guys. Um, so he begins to play the pipe, and as he plays, these animals hear the sound and begin to follow the sound. They move away from wherever they are, and they follow the sound, and as he moves, they're all following this. And I ask God, God, why are you showing me this? Take this with discretion. But he began to speak to me about the seduction in music. And how, if we are not careful, music of the world will entice us out of kingdom. That by the listening of specific sounds, you will begin to come out of caves, come out of moments where God has embedded you and begin to engage and follow the sound. Because the sound will bring about a lifestyle. The sound will bring about new ideas. It will bring about new character. It will challenge you. So you have to be wary about the sounds that you allow your ear to listen to. Are you following me? Like I said, please take this with discretion. But it's important for you all to understand this because nothing can compromise our lives in this season. So Philippians 1.27, the Bible says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Let your life be worthy to God. So be in this world, but be not of it. Now, I know for some of us, we're called to the secular spaces in the music industry. It doesn't mean go and quit your job. It just means be discerning. Hello? Yeah, I was once there. Hallelujah. So that's why I was very cautious about saying this. It doesn't mean remove yourself from all of that. Because if we do, then we're light amongst light, not light in a dark place. Everyone following me? But the question is, what's your motivation behind the decisions that you make? What's the reason why you engage in these things? So I want to end with this. Nixon, if you can lift me up a little bit. Let's all stand up. This is the prayer that we're going to pray. And like I said, FB, you can put it down because it's, it's you and God now. Nixon, don't worry about your service. Yeah? You're about to take us into a place, Nixon, that's going to be incredible. Guys, I hope you're mature enough to not need drums. And not need any of these things in this moment. I know you're about to press in. Everyone say press in. Now, when we look at the story of 1 Samuel, I need you all to ready yourself. Alex, help him. When you look at the story of 1 Samuel, we look at the story of Penina, but also look at the story of Hannah. 
And the one point I want to make is that there is a need and there is an answer for a generation hidden in your response to pain. Are you following me? That Hannah found herself in a position where through her pain, she didn't find herself complaining and saying, God, why them and not me? But through that pain, she began to channel it in a place of prayer. And she began to contend and she said, God, whatever you do for me, I'm returning it back to you. My agenda is not just to say that I have a child. It's to say that I birthed something. I birthed something that you have given me. Now it's important for us to understand that what you do with your pain defines you, not the pain itself. Your pain doesn't define you because for a lot of us, we have found ourselves trapped because we have allowed our situations and our experiences to define who we are. But your identity is hidden in your response. So if pain strikes me, my response shows that I'm confident. And it begins to describe and show me the person that God has ordained me to be. And we're about to pray because the question I want to ask you is what inheritance are you leaving for those after you? What inheritance are you leaving for your children? What inheritance are you leaving for those that are yet to answer the call of God because of you? Are you leaving them freedom or are you leaving them captivity? Because some of us have been deeply oppressed because of the decisions and the actions of those who came before us. So you have to make a decision to be different for anyone who comes after you. So I pray not just for my life, I pray for the one who is coming to church next week. I pray for the one who's coming to church next month. I pray for the one who is going to be embedded in the church next year. I pray for my son. I pray for my daughter. I don't know them yet. I may not have a daughter. I may not get a son. But God is going to birth something on the inside of me. And I pray because what I have to leave for people is not material goods, no. It's not about the money that you give them. It is not about what you give to those around you. It's about the spiritual principles that you live for them. You have to make a difference in their life. You have to make a decision that it is not gold and silver that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give you Jesus, nothing else. I'm going to give you Jesus. If there is anything that God is going to ask me about, I'm going to say, God, when you gave me my baby, when you gave me my purpose, when you gave me my destiny, I gave it back to you. I gave it back to you. Begin to pray. I tell you right now, what you do right now will begin to translate everything in your purpose.